0: Thanks for joining us for today's message. We're always so encouraged to know that God is using this ministry to touch lives all around the world through what he's doing right here at Meadowbrook. So if that's you and you have a story to share of how God's working in your life, please send us an email at godstories at mbcocala.org. Also, if you would like to help support this ministry, you can do so by giving online. Thanks so much for joining us and prepare your heart to hear from God. Wow, what a beautiful, beautiful time of just coming together and entering into the presence of the Lord and worshiping Him and having community together. I've been looking forward to this time for quite some time to have a chance to come, and I feel right at home. It's like leaving Southeastern University and coming to Southeastern University. It's home uh, away from home, and uh, we love this church, and we are grateful for the partnership that we have with Meadowbrook Church and with uh, the opportunity to come alongside a generation of young people that God is raising up to serve Christ, to serve the world, to serve the church. You see, our mission and we partner together in that mission is to help these wonderfully called uh, young people and students uh, that, that, want to pursue that call that God is on their lives to help them to, to discover and to develop that divine design. The way God made them, the way God created them, the way he wired them, the experiences that he's given them. And we have the privilege to partner together and to come alongside them and, and pour wisdom and knowledge and experience and love into their lives so they can go out and fulfill the dream, the destiny that God has for them. We believe what Ephesians 2:10 says, you are a masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus to do good works which he planned long ago. In other words, he planned before you took your first breath. He planned your masterpiece, your life, how he wants to use you uh, in this world. And it is a privilege to see him unfold that in the lives of the students that come our way, the lives of the students that are here, uh, and we just value that partnership so much. Pastor Tim, thank you for your kind invitation to come and to share with you tonight. I love your pastor. You have an amazing pastor. How many know that here? I was, I was just able to spend a couple of hours with him up in his beautiful office And uh, what a wonderful time we shared together. And in just those moments that we shared, I can tell you have a pastor who has a deep love for you. A deep love for your life. He has um, a compassionate care to see you discipled and to grow. And you can sense his transparency his authenticity, his genuineness. That's important in a leader. And you have a wonderful leader. And Pastor Tim, appreciate you very much. I love, uh, I love the mission of Meadowbrook. I love the mission of this uh, community. Finding peace on earth. That's a wonderful mission. And that peace comes from a transformed life in Jesus Christ, empowered daily by the Holy Spirit in your life. And this evening, that's actually what I want to talk about. I want to talk about transformation in your life, how God wants to transform you in the way that he made you, in the way that he created you. Transformation that will help you to fulfill his divine design on your life. I think a key ingredient in your life, that I believe initiates and continues God's transformation in your life, is this idea of living life with passion. We must be passionate about the transformation that God wants to do. God requires passion in our lives. There's a scripture found in Romans chapter 12, verse 11. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor. That's your passion serving the Lord. You see, passion has great power. It's, it's an intense emotion. It's a compelling action, a strong devotion, whether it's to some object or an activity or or to a concept, but passion is always the starting point of all achievement. Passion is the energy of the soul, and that's why God wants us to live with passion in the transformation process. I want to challenge you tonight to live with passion and have passionate faith passionate faith to become, to believe, uh, uh, to be that person that God intends for you to be, to be that church that God intends for you to be today, this week, this month, this year, for all of life, to accomplish his design. And I want to invite you to turn one of my favorite stories. It's found in the Old Testament. It involves a guy by the name of Joshua Joshua has always been a personal hero of mine. The thing that I like about him is he accomplished, uh, Joshua always accomplished the impossible in spite of incredible odds and sometimes a lot of opposition. But he lived his life with passion and he had passionate faith. And if you'll turn with me to Joshua chapter 1, uh, I hope you brought your Bibles. Maybe you actually have a real Bible with you or it's electronic, you know, on your, on your cell phone or your smartphone or it's an iPad. But, but turn in your Bibles to Joshua chapter 1. I love the background of this passage because they're, they're on the verge of about to enter into the promised land. This is going to be an amazing adventure. You see, they've been 40 years in the wilderness, had to learn a few lessons out there, and now they come up and they're ready to cross the Jordan River, knowing they're about to possess the land which God has promised them. And God says in Joshua chapter 1, if you look at verse 11, he says, specifically, he says, three days from now, you will cross the Jordan To go in and take possession of the land. Take possession of the land the Lord is giving you for your own. God said, Joshua, you've you've got a tremendous future ahead of you. God's going to do great things in your life. There's a dynamic here. He he is saying to Joshua, everything I've promised you, everything i promised you, and even more, it says, you must take possession possession of what I want to give you. It's going to require passion in your life to go for it. It's going to require passionate faith to step forward. Now, Joshua, what will the future hold? And when we reflect on our life, what will our future hold? Well, I've always believed the future is going to to have that balance. It's going to have a a mixture. There's going to be some blessings. Blessings. But there's also going to be some battles. There's going to be some struggles. There's going to be things that we're going to have to navigate through and and walk through. But as we begin, God is saying, and he's saying this to Joshua, I have great things that I want to do in your life. I have things that I want to bless you in your life. All your past is a prologue, but all your best days are ahead of you. But it's going to require passion. It's going to require passionate faith to believe, to become what God has in mind. You've got to have passion to possess what God has for you in a transformed life. Now, how do you do it? Well, I think this is a great passage. By doing the same three things that God told Joshua to do if he was going to live a life of passionate faith to see transformation take place. In Joshua chapter 1, God is giving Joshua a pep talk. He says, Joshua, I know you're going to be facing a lot as you step in and possess the promised land. You're going to be facing a lot in the days ahead, in the years ahead. So he's saying to Joshua, Joshua, I want to encourage you. I want to challenge you. I want you to do, and he gives him three specific things. He says, if you will do these things It will sustain your life as I mold you and shape you and transform you. And if you do these three things, it will have an impact wherever you go. Twice in the chapter, you'll discover the word success is used. God says, if you will do these three things, and this is pretty powerful... I will guarantee success in your life. It's almost like his strategic plan for success. It's his strategy for passionately possessing the future. And they're simple, but yet they are profound. So so as you begin to reflect on this word, living with passion and having passion of faith to become what God intends for you, begin to reflect on these three things that God requires. First of all, as you live your life with passion, every single day, live your life with a plan. Set up a plan. God says you've got to plan for the future. You see, God plans. He planned you. He planned your life. Psalm 139 tells us that He planned you. He created you in your mother's womb. He knew exactly how He wants to use you. I believe that every single one of us, He brought us into this world. His plan was to bring each one of us in this world because He wants to use us as a solution to an issue, to a circumstance, to a situation. God wants to work in and through your life to make an impact for the glory of God. He has a plan. You're going to need a plan for your future because after all, that's where you're going to spend the rest of your life, right? You have to plan. If you don't plan it, guess what? Somebody else will. They'll plan it for you. Verses two and three of Joshua one, Moses, my servant is dead. Now then, Joshua, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River. I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. God says, Joshua, get ready for the future. And that's what he's saying to all of us tonight. Get ready for the future. Prepare for the future. You must prepare to possess. You must live a passionate life for what God has promised you. Passionate faith is built through preparation. Preparation. Now, what is Joshua's response if you look at verse 11? So Joshua starts to plan. Joshua orders the people, get your supplies ready. Get them ready. The future belongs to the person who passionately prepares for it. You've got a plan. You've got a plan. That's important in our lives. Are you making plans for your life today? tomorrow, this week, next month? Are you making plans for a year from now, five years from now? Have you given any thought of what's going to happen in your life, your spiritual life, your cognitive life, your relational community life? Have you thought about it? Have you written it down? God says, do you want to live with passion? Do you want to have passionate faith to become what I intend for you to? I've designed you to live the life that I've created for you. First, get ready, plan, make your life count. Don't go through life unexamined. Look at what you're doing. Look at where you're going. Set up a plan. Have passionate faith. In verse 2, it says of Joshua 1, Moses, my servant, is dead. One of the ways you prepare for the future, you have to let go of the past. You have to let go of the past. Joshua and Moses were extremely close. You talk about a solid mentoring relationship. Joshua had been with Moses for 80 years, he had been his understudy. Now Moses is gone. How, how would you like to replace Moses as the leader now of the nation of Israel? To follow him, I mean, to, to be act two, if you will. I'm sure Joshua felt a little nervous about that. Yet God said, Joshua, I have a plan for your life. You're a masterpiece. You're a masterpiece. Sometimes we let things in the past, we let past relationships maybe keep us from possessing our future. It may be a it may be a death it may be a relational breakup it may maybe a friend moves away or maybe a you're still saying you know i how can i gain the approval of that person in my past god says let go of your past so you can get on with the present and forge ahead for the future that he has for your life He wants to work in your life. He wants to do great things. You will never become, hear me tonight. I've learned this in my life many times. You never become what God intends as long as you perpetuate what's in the past in your life. And as you think about what's ahead, maybe you need to reflect on what do I need to bury tonight? What do I need to put away? Do I need to put away that bad failure? Do I need to put away that experience? Do I need to put away that hurt? Let it go. Joshua had to prepare himself. Proverbs chapter 20 verse, verse 18. Don't go charging into battle without a plan. You have to plan. Proverbs 13, 16. I, I love this translation. A wise man will always think ahead. Will Will prepare. So the first key to living with passion and having passion of faith to become all God intends for you is is set up a plan, evaluate yourself, reflect. If you were to ask to describe in one word or a phrase that describes maybe a plan that you have for your life in the next days, in the next you know months, what would it be? Would you would if I asked you tonight and, and we were having a one, would you say, Well, you know, I don't I don't know. I, I guess I don't have a plan none so far. Maybe it's a little bit, or maybe it's minimal. Maybe it's vague. Or, or can you say I've prayerfully planned, I've written out my goals. I know what's ahead and I'm striving as God transforms me to possess what he has in my life. God says to Joshua, set up a plan, plan your life. The second key to living with passion And having passionate faith. And God gives this pep. In in, in this pep talk that God gives Joshua. The second one he says. Joshua stay in the word. Stay in the word. God says you're going to be facing a lot. As you step into the promised land. You're going to be facing a lot. As you walk and lead the Israelites. And and this nation. And Joshua. Joshua. The Word is your instruction manual. Stay to the Word. It's the manual for the journey. It's the manual for living life. Notice verse 7 in Joshua 1. Be careful to obey all the law. Do not turn from it to the right or the left that you may be successful wherever you go. And and what he's saying to Joshua, he's saying Joshua, don't get sidetracked. Don't get sideways. It's so easy to get sidetracked by a lot of activities and and, and events and busy work and and hobbies and, 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 and get sidetracked by difficulties, financial difficulties, illness or whatever. And somehow we begin to lose focus on the word of the Lord. Some of you may get sidetracked spiritually this year. I hope not. But some of you may. Why? Because you didn't stay in the Word. You didn't stay in the word, and that's a key. Look at verse 8. One of the greatest promises of all the scripture. Do not let this book, the law, depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do some of it. No. What? Everything. All, everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. In verse 7 and 8, success is promised twice. God says, don't turn to the right or the left. Stay with the Bible. Stay with the law. You will be successful. Here he says, keep your mind saturated in the word of God and you'll be successful. The point is this. God's promise and his promise of success has absolutely nothing to do with your ability at all. You see, God's promise of success in your life has everything to do with your commitment to his word in your life. It's not your ability. It's your commitment to his word that God promises he will transform your life and change you. Now, how do you stay in the word? Well, he makes it very clear right here. Three ways. How does he say stay in the word? Don't ever let it depart out of your mouth. So what does that mean? Everywhere you go, you talk. About the word. You speak the word. Wherever I go. Greater is he that's in me. Than he that's in this world. That's the word of God. And I proclaim it. And I speak it. He says talk about it. Talk about the word. Then he says, meditate on it day and night. Think about the word, reflect on the word. And then he says, be careful to do everything written in it. Be sure to always do and obey living the word. So what does it mean to stay in the right? It means I talk about it. I think about it and I live it everywhere I go. And if I do those things, God says, then you will be prosperous and successful. God says, you obey this premise. And you know what I'll do? I'll fulfill the promise. I mean, think about the word. Talk about the word. Live the word. And watch God transform your life. That not only applies to Joshua, that applies tonight to all of us. All of us. What does Timothy tell us? He says the whole Bible was given to us by inspiration of God. It's useful to teach us what is true, and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives, Timothy tells us in, in that in that book, in in chapter three, verse sixteen. God's word straightens me out. It shows me the path I walk on, how to walk It shows me when I get off the path. It shows me, it shows me how to get back on the path. It shows me how to, how to stay. And, and it's good for doctrine and reproof and correction and instruction and righteousness unto every good work. The Bible says that God's word is your soul food, your spiritual nourishment. So you need to set up a plan and you need to stay in the word if you're going to have passionate faith to become all that God intends for you, that he has in mind for you. God says, this is what I want you to do. This will teach you what is true. It will help you to realize. The word will help you to realize what's wrong in your life. It will straighten you out. I imagine Joshua's a pretty busy man. He's the leader of an entire nation. Probably doesn't have lots of time on his hand, but he made time to read the scripture, to study the word. He was a man who had communion with God, passionate faith to become the person God has in mind. If you want to possess your future, you've got to set up a plan and you've got to stay in the word. And then number three, step out in passionate faith. Step out in passionate faith. And I like the word step out because passionate faith is an action. Now, a lot of people think that faith is something you believe. Faith is more than just a mental ascent. It's more than just knowing. It's it's an action. It requires stepping out. You know, I can believe a plane will fly, but it doesn't mean anything until I get on board I step on board and it actually takes off. Until I take the step of faith and get on board, it means nothing. People say uh, all the time, I believe in Jesus. So what? So does the devil believe in Jesus. But faith means you commit yourself to him and you act in that faith. You must step out in passionate faith because passionate faith is an action. Three times in this passage, there's a phrase in verse 6 it's in verse 7 it's in verse 9 what does he say Joshua be strong and courageous three times be strong and courageous be strong and courageous be strong and courageous i think he's wanting Joshua get the message here Joshua Get the message. There's going to be a lot of things in your life that will try to distract you, that will discourage you, that will try to depress you. But be strong and courageous and step out and live in faith, and I will transform you and the path that you walk on. Now, Israel has been wandering in the desert here for 40 years. They've had the chance once before, 40 years earlier actually, to at this point, at this juncture, and they kind of blew it. So God says, all right, let's, let's grow. Let's learn. And so they wandered for a while and now they get another opportunity. They're standing at the edge of the Jordan river, ready to cross over in this new land, knowing that the moment they cross that river, and I don't know if, if you realize this or not, but, but you know, it wasn't this Oh, the moment we step in that, it's going to be this wonderful bliss and joy and all this is going to be great. No, they knew that the moment they crossed that river, it was actually an act of aggression. Knowing that the moment they cross over where there's already seven other nations living in that territory, when they will cross over, it actually means an act of war. This means war. I mean, it's throwing down the gauntlet. On the other side of the river, there were seven nations, every single one of them larger and stronger than the Israelite nation. Israel didn't have an army. They had been in slavery for all those years. They were really a bunch of farmers and, and you know, wives and children, and, and they're going to cross the river and enter who knows what. Now you know why God is saying, be strong and Courageous. Because he says there are things out there that are going to want to tear you down. Now what gave Joshua the confidence to move ahead? Verse 9. Remember, Joshua, I have commanded you to be determined and confident. Don't be afraid or discouraged for I, the Lord, am with you wherever you go. What gave Joshua his confidence to live with passion and to have passionate faith to move ahead? God said, remember who you're doing this for. Guess what, Joshua? You represent God Almighty. You represent the King of Kings. You're on assignment from Almighty God. Who do you think told you to do this? If I told you to do this, I'm going to be with you every step of the way. And that's I'll tell you, that's the greatest thing about discovering your divine design. The way God made you and the way God created you. When he tells you and he calls you to go forth and to do something, he will give you the power. He will give you the ability. He will give you the experiences. He will give you everything you need to accomplish the future that he has for your life. But you have to step in. And have that passionate faith. He gives you the power to do it. I'm a firm believer that God never sponsors a flop. Never does. God says, I'm going to be with you. So step out in faith. Be courageous. Do you realize that there are two enemies that will prevent you from possessing your future? Two things that will keep you from becoming all God wants you to be. Fear and discouragement fear and discouragement fear keeps us most of the time fear keeps us from getting started i don't think i want to try that i don't know if i want to go there I, so because you're afraid you're you're fearful of stepping out so you don't even start fear keeps us from getting started discouragement keeps us from continuing from finishing what we've started the double-powered whammy hits us, fear and discouragement. And they keep you from making your life count. They keep you from being all God wants you to be. The Bible says don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. I am with you. And that's the bottom line. Well, bottom line when you're living your life with passion and you have passionate faith. And the thing that I like about Joshua is he was a man of courage. Now, what is Courage. Courage is is not having no fear. Courage is moving ahead in spite of your fear. Stepping out in spite. In fact, if you don't have any fear, guess what? You don't have any courage. You don't have any courage. You don't need courage. Courage is when you move ahead in spite of your fear. Literally in this story, they literally had to step out in faith if they're going to cross over. In chapter 3, when they came up to the Jordan River, it was springtime when this was happening. The banks of the river overflowing. It was actually in flood stage. Normally, the Jordan River is about 100 feet across. Uh, it's, it's about 20 or so feet deep. But in the flood stage, I mean, it had literally swelled over the banks. And, and it was rapidly running down. Even today, I mean, a modern a modern army to cross a river like that, it would take some time to to do this. And But for a group of really a ragtag, you know, slaves who came out of Egypt, I mean, it was almost an impossible task. God said, I want you to take the priests. Here's how we're going to do it, he said. I want you to take the priests and they're going to go out in front and they're going to carry the Ark of the Covenant and they're going to lead the way and I want you to have the priests They're going to step out first. And and I want to have the priest start walking out of the water, and they're going to walk across, and they're going to take that first action of faith. They're going to be passionate in that first step, trusting me that I'm going to do a miracle. He didn't give them, by the way, a hint as to how he was going to do it, by the way. He just said, start stepping out. Start stepping into that Jordan. Jordan and watch. Bible says the priest took the Ark of the Covenant in front of the whole nation and began to walk into the Jordan River. Now I'm sure they were stepping into that. They began to walk up their ankles and maybe, uh, you know, nothing happened. Maybe walked up to their knees and nothing happened. Maybe walking up to their waist and nothing happened. Probably a little bit, who knows, maybe even a little bit higher. And then they probably just stood there waiting for the miracle, waiting for God to do what he said he would do. The Bible says that God dammed up the river at a place of Adam about 17 to 19 miles north of where they were. Now, we don't know exactly how God transformed this miracle, There have only been two times in history that the Jordan River has actually stopped because the banks caved in and made a natural barrier. For a period of time, it was in the 1800s, and also it was actually in 1927. The Jordan River was blocked up by a natural barrier. God may have used that. He may have done something else. He could, have done, he could have done something supernatural to cause the water to stop. But, but he stopped it 17 miles north. Now, what did what does that say to us? What does that mean? That means that all the all the water had to take some time to run down first and subside before it actually became dry. So there was probably a little bit of waiting. A little bit of waiting, having to have faith on that action. But then the water started to subside. And Joshua chapter 3, verse 15, as soon as the priest stepped into the river, the water stopped flowing, piled up, piled up 17 miles north. Chapter 3, as it piled up, up there, the water began to subside down below. Eventually it was dry. It tells us also that the priest had to stand there in the middle of the river, while the people passed through, e- and even though they were the last ones to leave, they had to have what I call extended faith that it wouldn't start up again. They they literally had to have solid passion and step out of faith. I mean, it's a beautiful lesson for all of us. The first step is always the hardest always in anything. I tell students, especially in English class, when they begin to write, what's, what's the most difficult thing in writing? What's the most difficult sentence? The first sentence. The first sentence. And after that, it can start flowing. I, I told, we, we started football at Southeastern this last year. And by the way, we had a lot of courage and faith, and we finished Eight and three our first year. Actually played for the, ch- the, the conference championship. That's pretty good. They had a lot of faith, but they stepped out and played. And I, and I, I told the football players, and I said, Now, what's going to be the most difficult hit as you play the game? That first hit. You're going to feel that first hit. But after two or three, you'll get used to that, and, and you'll be Okay. But the first step in in, in living with passion and having passion of faith, it's always the hardest. Spirituality, the first step, is always the hardest. Take that initial step and say, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to lean on you. I'm going to depend upon you with my life. I'm going to believe in you. And I know you will transform me in the way that you've made me and designed me. Joshua chapter 3, verse 5. And then he tells the people, Consecrate yourselves for tomorrow. God will do amazing things among you. They're getting ready to cross the Jordan. He says, consecrate, dedicate, surrender yourself to God for tomorrow I will do amazing things among you, God says. He's telling them, get ready for something big. All the past is a prologue and the best of your life is yet to come. Consecrate yourself for tomorrow. Consecrate yourself for for this next year and for all that God wants to do in 2015. God will do amazing things among you in your personal life, in this church, in this community. This can be a a year of tremendous blessing and that's why I want to invite you and and ask you to join me and say, you know what? I am. I'm going to consecrate myself to God. I'm going to live a life of passion. I'm going to step out in passionate faith. What happens when you live with passion? What happens? when you have passion of faith you have the promise of power you have the promise of his presence you have the promise of prosperity you have the promise of peace all of these things will come into your life because he will transform you declare your passion this day to become the person to become this amazing church community of leaders followers of Christ that God has in mind. And you will see something amazing unfold. Let's pray together. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for tonight. The privilege to just come together in the middle of this week to pause in, in our everyday life, but to acknowledge the importance of worshiping You, glorifying You, and then hearing the Word. But God, we not only want to hear the Word, we want to do the Word. We want to act on the Word. And Father, as we've looked at this passage, what a great man this Joshua was, not in and of himself, but because he was committed to a great God. He had passion, Father, to become all You intended for him to be. And I pray, God, that we will be like him, that all of us here tonight, we will become men and women who declare our passion. We know, God, that you have great things in store for each of our lives. Father, you have great things in store for this wonderful community of believers. We must spend time praying. We must spend time planning to set up a plan, to set goals, spiritual, social, mental, academic, financial, all the things that we need in our lives. We we must make that commitment to pray, to plan. I pray that you will help us to make a commitment to stay in your word, God. A commitment to increase the time that we spend every day in your word so that we can build passionate faith. Faith comes... By hearing and hearing from your word. May we make a commitment to step out, God, in passionate faith, to believe in you, to trust in you, to lean on you. Because we know if we do and not our own understanding, you will direct our paths. So we take action. Help us to get involved in ministry, to get involved in the dream team and be a part of what you want us to do as we step out in passionate faith. I pray that tonight we would consecrate ourselves to cultivating a life of passion because, Father, we know you want to do great things that will amaze us. And so we commit ourselves to you pray it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless you.